So I, I, um, for ideally would love to shower in the morning. Uh, I get the fucking dirty ass bed thing, which is why I became a night showerer in the first place. Uh, it sounds like a shower. Shitty, yeah, a shitty superhero. I'm the night showerer. I will he'll, shower you in pain and he'll justice. He'll get you all wet right before bed. <laughs> hey, he's providing the service and putting <laughs> enemies behind bars. <laughs> Yikes. And my sidekick, Claw Tooth Tub. Claw tooth tub. My anthropomorphic claw tooth tub. Boy. Wow, that's claw tooth. Claw claw foot. Claw foot. Well, this one's got teeth. He'll eat you right up. Eat you right up. He helps me get you all wet. Oh my God. (laughs) My wet boy. Hello and welcome to What's Your Condition? The podcast where you will more than likely learn nothing. Welcome to another episode of What's Your Condition, the internet review show where nothing is answered and no one learns anything. I'm Harlan Spinks. And I'm Kyle Luck. And I'm John Carr. And we are three alleged friends who have culled some unusual classified stories, reviews, trivia, and trends from the weird internet as an excuse to spend some time together. We're going to get into those, but first... What is your condition? What is your condition? Um, that was like the closest like Alan Rickman that I've yeah, gotten. You could, that was actually pretty good. Are you feeling spooky, Kyle? Am I feeling spooky? I'm feeling yeah. spooky apparently now. The only thing scared I I'm only thing I'm scared about is how good we look on these cameras. Potter. It's a t- teaser because you can't see you cannot see us this episode. No. Because my, of technical difficulties, but I just need you all to know how good we look. I will say my beard is full and luscious right now. It is. I was mm. going to say, you you also have like just... Can you hear the, that? The perfect amount of gr- <laughs> of grays coming in. I know. I got the billy goat chin. It's just the salt and pepper right mm. up front. Mm. Yeah, I've been brushing it a lot because I have so much time on my hands. I just comb through this bad boy and really tame it so it's got the mm. nice flow you so know? Yeah. you make that you make that lion that lion main purr purr, purr. <laughs> meanwhile over here i have completely abandoned uh most of the the grooming that is happening and just am letting things run wild mm-hmm. yeah i do that for a like couple every, of days every two and then, weeks i rein it in yeah i'll go a couple of days before i look at myself in the mirror I'll catch a glimpse in the mirror as I pass by it. I avoid mirrors now. Um, but boy, when you get a catch, uh, uh, you know, a glimpse of yourself in these trying times, <laughs> for me, it's like an OCD thing. I'm like, well, this can't, I can't let this stand. Right. You better not, no one, no one Amazon Prime Harland some tweezers or else he's going to meticulously pick them out one by I one. Ha- First of all, I already have tweezers, but I recently bought one of those hot, hard wax kits to to wait wait fucking what (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. next level dude yeah because i have yeah i have so many nose hairs that grow and get crazy on the outside of your nose oh yeah they come out the top and they look like little eyebrow eyebrow Uh. hairs they're really brutal so i was like i can't this takes all afternoon to pluck these so i got a hard wax heat hot heat kit thing Just fucking pluck it. Pulls out some of the blackheads too. Bing, bang, boom. This episode brought to you by Bish Heat Bosh Hot Bash. Wax Kit. Look, yeah. I will go toe-to-toe with you. And uh, you know what? This might actually be a competition. If you want, between you and I, to see who can grow the longest eyebrow hair. 
This because is the worst contest my man, I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's pretty, I think I could be in the Guinness Book World Records. I, d- I don't know, man. I just trimmed mine before we did this, and I had a crazy one. I get some that are like an inch long. Oh, man. I'm pushing inch and a half, maybe two some days. All right. We'll have to record it for uh, for posterity. All right. This next is time fucking I find weird. One, I'm no, going to <laughs> This is fucking weird. Look, I will give Wilford Brimley a run for his fucking money over here. Although, John and I did uh, one time something similar we we compared thighs who had the bigger thighs thigh off. Yeah. yeah yeah i there was no way i was going to be a part of that competition i no, got because that's weird i it's weird it's weird to you, <laughs> it's it's weird to you because you don't have any skin in the game and john and i literally have skin in the game in that yeah. one you've got lots, lots of lots. square footage <laughs> yeah um, but i don't have these like long ass uh mutant fucking extremities coming out of my nose so mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes uh, my eyebrow hairs will will fold down and uh-huh. poke, yeah. poke, <laughs> I know that get, get tangled up in the eyelashes. Oh my yeah. god, my man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're cut, okay, we're cut from well, the same guys, cloth over here. <laughs> do you guys want to give some advice? Yeah. Okay. So unsolicited advice. Yeah, unsolicited advice because this week it's a little different. Usually, I I've been finding advice questions that people have put out on the internet. This week um, is a little different. As I was trying to think of stuff to do, I um I was watching an episode of the Bon Appetit show and they were doing their little at-home cooking show. Yeah. About how to make a it wasn't necessarily gourmet, but they are test kitchen employees, so I was like this is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. get some people, new ideas. I love them. They're great. They're I love them. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And just to preface this whole thing cuz I'm this is going to take a turn. I am a huge fan of the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, but boy, was I disappointed in this fucking video. Oh, no. <laughs> I was out loud going, ew, what are you doing? Stop it. Um, okay. Oh, boy. So I didn't, I probably should have written down some of the ingredients, but the ones I can remember yeah. off the top of my head were one of the guys made a sourdough hard cheddar uh spicy pepper and sardine grilled cheese oh my god no so the thing about mm-hmm. the bon appetit people is they all and i mean most modern cooks these days love fucking sardines absolutely ah. love them and i have been such an anti-sardine person my entire life I that's might such be, an interesting statement i might be i might be swayed i mean I understand I, most of them are just like containers for salt, but at the same yeah. time, they're tiny fish that you're eating whole, and I'm fucking not into it, man. Quite briny. I, I was also a big anti-sardines guy until I grew up and was like, well, I can't live my life being like, ew, I don't want to try new stuff. So I was like, I'm going to try new stuff. I had sardines. <laughs> I, they're okay. He, he had one new like, stuff before he went mm-hmm. back into his cave. It yeah. Was like, sardines mm. was it. I'll try the sardines. Uh, they're okay. This wasn't worth it. Bye. Um, so there was that one, that grilled cheese in air quotes. Uh-huh. Um, another person put... Um, yeah, fuck, fuck that. Some, somebody absolutely fucked Look, that. Look, you had me from the, the start. It was, it was uh, sourdough. It was Sourdough's hard fine. cheddar. Hard cheddar, no. I need a cheese pull. I need melt. You know you, what I'm oh, saying? You need a melt. Yes, it is a, yeah, that's like part of, I feel like if you look up the definition of a grilled cheese, it's just a picture of two pieces of sandwich so being pulled if we're, apart. If we're starting from scratch here, if we're starting from nothing, a grilled cheese to all of us, mm-hmm. white bread, 
craft singles. Butter. That's your that's your basic. That I that there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's if you're in a jam and you want a grilled cheese and you've got those ingredients, fuck yeah, it'll it's a passable grilled cheese. Yeah, it's probably what we grew up on as kids. Mm-hmm. But there is a better way to do it, and one of those is not to put ham and uh, jelly inside <sighs> of it. Also, because mm. some one of the other test kitchen uh, chefs did that as well. No, fuck right off. Look, yeah. I I make I make a grilled cheese. <laughs> Maybe once a week now, um, and it's a special occasion. It's my. Is it every week? <laughs> yeah, it's a special. I break out the candles. I get a fine bottle of wine. It's a special <laughs> lunchtime thing. You know, it's my break from work. I, you know, I, I go. Okay, I need a fucking little sanity here. Uh, a little meditation. Just, Grilled cheese can be I, meditation. I just zone out in the kitchen and do it. Here's my fucking strategy, boys. <laughs> okay. Don't yeah, me. please, because this is what I want to get to. This is what because they did such a bad job. I, I want to know all of our very, very good grilled cheese. Oh, man. Uh, I, I have one that is a kind of off the wall, so I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, yeah mine Kyle. is... My, my, the whole point of mine is to not fucking go bananas, but mm-hmm. but to do it fucking... Just do it well. It's not. It's a step above what John already suggested. So here's what I do. Uh, I got some sliced... The, the sourdough loaf uh, that you get from fucking Safeway. Yeah. I got fucking Lucerne uh, Harvardi, Lucerne fucking swiss and pepper jack uh those are my three cheeses um wait, no no i'm here. sorry <laughs> cheddar not pepper jack cheddar oh i was I've like the pepper jack makes sense because no. kyle likes spice He's yeah a but spicy uh, boy. but so i'm gonna solve that in a minute here harland oh 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 <laughs> you, you get some bacon going oh you get some fucking jalapeno now, here's the real trick. You fucking butter what is going to be the inside of the fucking sandwich. Interesting. Twist. You drop, the for the other side, you're going to drop that butter in the pan. So now you're placing the outsides on the fucking pan with the butter going, and you got the cheese inside, and you're flipping that bad boy with the bacon and the jala- sliced jalapeno in it. Right. That's all you fucking need. It makes this like buttery soak through thing. You got the butter melting upside. Like, you know, you're working with gravity. Uh, you get the cheese melt. You got the lid on the pan to get everything you've just got fucking. Fat. You've got salt. You've got going. savory. Honestly, yeah. the you've hardest part acid. about it. You've got just, acid. Thank you, John. It's just time. The hardest part about it is time. But you time. just got to pay attention and you yeah. just get this fucking nice fucking. Because the brightness and the fruitiness comes from the fucking jalapeno. Yes. Everything mm. else is just savory. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recently realized in this quarantine that I uh, need to always have pickled red onions on hand. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Which, uh, man, easy to do and you overlook it as a condiment. Let me tell you. <laughs> it goes on fucking everything. Uh, my. A grilled cheese that I have done in the past, I bake it. Now, hear oh, me nice. out. Oh, double twist. Now, hear me out. You bake it, so you butter fucking everything like Kyle does. But All four the sides. Most part, definitely, definitely the outsides. You got to have those. You do it open-faced in the oven, and you have your cheese, and then I usually put a little bit of mustard before the, the cheese, and then uh, put some tomato on top. Mmm. See, everything, mustard everything, is a new one. You put it together, perfect. Yeah, Done. I'm okay with, I think I'm okay with other condiments. They have to be within the realm of, like, in that same flavor profile. Once you start putting, like, sweet jam or, like, chutney in there or some fucking so, bonkers-ass shit, there, no. Yeah, See, there that's is, what I'm using the jalapeno for. That's what John's using the fucking tomato for, you know? It's like you're giving and that the brightness. Mustard. And yeah. the mustard. You're getting yeah, that liveliness is, from other sources. You don't need it from a fucking yeah. jam or a fish. 
Yeah. <laughs> Especially not a fish. Don't I don't want my grilled cheese with halibut, please. There so, is there is something that I, in one of the recipe books that I have that is a grilled peanut butter and jelly. And Oh yeah, those are good. I make those. Yeah. I was I like, "All right, that. I'm going to try this. This is kind of weird." And then I was like, "Well, of course, it's great." Yeah. It's amazing. It's, so mine, the, the reason why I think I got so heated about this video that I was watching the other night is because a long time ago, I used to work at a bakery slash coffee shop slash like cafe and they had all kinds of stuff and they made the most amazing grilled cheese I've ever had and I've tried to replicate it, um, but I often just don't have the ingredients. So my way that I try and do, if I were going to do gourmet top tier grilled cheese, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You get ciabatta, a nice oh, yeah. dense bread that's not going to like soak up all the butter and all the other stuff. It's going to hold its shape. And what you do is you actually use aioli and you put aioli on the outside. Then you dip it in a hard cheese like Romano or Parmesan mm -hmm. and you put that right in the pan. Yeah. Because what happens is it turns into a, a delicious little cheese crisp on the outside. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds halo. awesome. Oh, and then, cheese halo. Yeah, exactly. A cheese and then, halo. And then you do provolone, one slice of provolone, tomato, just like John said. Mm -hmm. If you really want to take it up a notch, you get those heirlooms. Um, <laughs> My man, we're in summertime. It is heirloom season. Yeah. And usually they're big enough. You just put like two slices or one fat slice and you don't need, they're not sliding all over the place. God, then, I love a nice fat slice. Give me that fat slice of tomato, that heirloom, that fatty heirloom. <laughs> and then for a little bit of bite, you do goat cheese. Oh, shit. Yeah. I like it. Goat cheese and then another piece of provolone on top of that. Finish the sandwich out. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, dude. Mayo is supposed to be the fucking clutch thing on the outside, uh, which yeah. is essentially what you're getting at. Um, yeah, because yeah, uh, the egg and the hard cheese, they form this this crust. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I, I might experiment with that. I did a patty melt with a uh, uh, mayo outside, which I was very skeptical about, but it ended up just being amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't burn. It doesn't burn like butter will. Mm -hmm. No. So you can keep that, that cheese melting on the inside longer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, but that, that goat cheese, it gets so soft and gooey and creamy. Man, see, suck sort it, of bon sour. Appetit. This is where we're at, dude. We're fucking handling this grilled cheese situation. All right, yeah. so Put look, me in a kitchen with a camera. Let's <laughs> fucking do it. While we're on this uh, sandwich subject... Um, I have been getting Instagram ads for uh, Subway groceries lately. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are they delivering now? The underground market? Or can you buy the individual condiments? Yes. No! I investigated last night because I'd gotten so many ads for it. I was like, what the fuck is this? They're like, uh, you know, like trying to, you know, adapt in this weird time. And yeah. I, I logged on to their their service of like, oh my well, God. Let's, let's order from, from Subway Groceries. Hey, remember when we used to make the sandwiches for you? Hey, now you get to. <laughs> so I was joking with Kat and I was like, hey, you want like a five pound bag of weirdly shaped chicken fillets <laughs> <laughs> that you have to microwave? That's exactly what they're offering. Do you that want a gallon? And a 32 ounce bag of honey mustard. <laughs> That is like listed as an ingredient that you can add to your cart. Would you like to have a gallon of meatballs? Because yeah, no, we it, can do that. It's a five pound bag, Harland. It's like a, a five loose, pound okay, bag. We need to clarify some things. It's not like a, a plastic container. Is it a loose bladder full of... Yes. It, says, <laughs> it, is, it, it is labeled as a pouch. 
So just cut the corner off and squeeze it out like you would if you were frosting a cake. And and it insists on being reheated. (laughs) No. just no, none it, of this. It Subway. boggles the mind, and I'm like, wait. So like, they're boasting about their produce. I'm like, it's just the shit that they're ordering for their stores, right? And and it literally yeah, says like yeah, five pound bag of shredded iceberg lettuce. Well, have you ever seen the the jalapenos? Like they don't even separate the stems. Yeah, like you'll you get a get sandwich those... with jalapenos, and you will eat stems most of the time. You can get this weird. Uh, it's a five-pound bag of the weird American cheese triangles. They're pre-cut. They don't cut them. Okay, there. actually, actually, I might be on board just for that because I there's something what? addicting about. I'll send the, you the, the link. Their American cheese <laughs> singles. They are, they're great. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's Maybe. designed to be great. Yeah, it's designed to be bland enough for you to not be able to tell the difference between that and like th- any of the other cheeses. My God, I mean Subway. It's in the name, man. It's below. It's like <laughs> it is underway. subpar. Yeah, that's what they need to change the name to. That's what I used to actually call it. Oh, really? Yeah, no <laughs> joke. I used to call it subpar. <laughs> well, they've, so, yeah. they've they've really lived up to the your 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 joke name then. At this point, yep. <sighs> Man. Poor Subway. <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing okay. Um, Kyle. Yeah. Can I have an animal fact? Boy, you can, Harland. Uh, actually, you know what? Fuck, I'm going off. I have some pre. Oh, he's going off book. Guys, he's going off book. But like okay. right before this happened, uh, I opened up my phone and just happened to see this. So I need to read this to you right now. Okay. Um, a sloth's claws work the opposite way that a human hand does. The default position is a tight, strong grip, and sloths must exert effort to open their hand. This is why sloths don't fall out of trees when they're asleep. Wow. That Animal is fact! That actually answers questions I've had about Isn't that the, amount of, the amount of effort they must have to put in to hold on all the time. No, they don't, it's though. It's backwards. They're actually exactly. chilling. <laughs> it's like the most relaxing thing, just to... Oh, God, I could just hang out here forever. I feel so much better about sloths yeah. <laughs> now. I was worried for them. Like, God, kind of, that's why they're so tired all the time. They're just I'm, constantly. I'm, I'm no, just trying to not. imagine. No, I know. Now I, that's what I'm saying. I feel better about them because so they're not they should doing get that. a job. Now they should get a job. <laughs> they, you know, know, they'd probably be really good stenographers. Fucking <laughs> it. Well, yep, probably. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, but I'm just trying to imagine what if we live like this? We're like our hands are closed all the time, and, and you have to do anything to open your hand to do Dude, something. Flipping the bird would be a terrifying <laughs> act. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this is how much I hate you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's a, that's the animal fact that I had. Great, love it. Cool. I yeah. love that too. Oh, sloths. I know sloths are great. They're gonna be okay now. They are gonna be okay. You know, I think they're gonna be okay. <laughs> gonna be okay um do you guys want to talk about some movie stuff yeah let's yes. talk about some movie stuff okay because it, it's time it's time to go oh shit everybody get in the car shotgun <laughs> sick trunk <laughs> <laughs> let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby Let's 
so uh, for this very <laughs> sorry, <laughs> comedy bomb went off. All right, okay, sorry. Uh, for our our movies, our movies with John this time, uh, I decided to do a deep dive into one of my favorite directors, which is Quentin Tarantino, and I have amassed quite a ridiculous amount of facts and weird little tidbits about certain movies. But for this particular episode, I'm just going to focus on one, which is Pulp Fiction. Great. Okay. We've all seen it. We all love it. Um, It's all right. Don't tell me what I think. Okay, everybody. You know what? (laughs) No, I I like that movie a lot. It's great. I love Uh, it. I spent some time... The Rise of John Travolta. Yeah. I mean... The Comeback, I guess, is the more correct term. Do you think he came back in this one? After Grease, yeah. Yeah, man, he didn't do shit after for debt for ye- decades, for years, and then that was like one of the big talked about things was oh John Travolta's fucking resurgence. Did Michael come before Pulp Fiction or after? After the mm-hmm. fuck is Michael? Before he plays an you angel. You never saw Michael? Yes, yeah, it was an angel. He was delightful. Yeah, it's really heavy handed. Hmm. Hmm. Nope. Don't oh, check it out. I learned most of my movie things from this segment on this show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch a lot of movies. Well, he did. He did Michael, but he also did Phenomena, right? Like right back, back to back, and they are essentially the same fucking movie. We're wow. Yeah. Let's talk about John Travolta another episode. Yeah, we'll we'll spend some time, but this this one will cover some stuff about that. Um, I think like me diving into this, it has. I mean, I always knew that there was a lot of things that were connected within the. Tarantino verse yes that he has created in his bodies of work but this one expanded on a lot of things that I didn't really know and also were just interesting little tidbits like we we've all seen the movie we all have kind of our own like thoughts about these things but I found a, a, a lot of things that I didn't know having watched it probably 15 20 times and I wanted to share them cool so uh one of the ones that I think like Kyle and I will both enjoy is that uh, Tarantino thanked Nirvana in what? the Pulp no. Fiction soundtrack because Tarantino was thanked in Nirvana's In Utero album. Oh, what? yeah. He was thanked in the liner notes. Oh, that's and nice. And so he decided to return the favor and thanked them in the Pulp Fiction soundtrack and included R.I.P. Kurt. Wow. wow. Crazy. That's adorable. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Um... One thing, like, so we've all, we all, uh, actually, I should probably just ask you, uh, what do you guys think is in the case that is in Pulp Fiction? I've so heard a the, lot of different theories. So, you know, Jules and, and uh, Vincent go and collect the case from those weird burnouts that are eating the big kahuna burger. Yeah. And so what do yeah. you think is in it? I personally... I like to think because there's set photos of what the actual inside of it looked like, and yes. it's just literally a light attached yeah, two, to a battery two batteries and a light bulb. And I like to think that that's actually in in world. That's what it was. That's what it was. That's because it's funny. Mm-hmm. I've I like the other one where people think that it's his soul. Okay. Well, that's uh, that would that would be out of reality though. Like. Like the movie doesn't go to the point of like uh, metaphysics. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all within the very grounded stuff. So it wouldn't be his soul. I, for some reason, 
I always th- thought it was like a really heavily gilded golden frame with some sort of artwork in it. Mm. Interesting. Now, what clues led you to that? The glow of it. There's <laughs> okay. no clues. It's just like I see, oh, it's glowing. And I just imagine like this really heavy, like like extremely detailed gold frame. I, yeah. I love that that's what's extrapolated, though, from such little knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to get a bunch. You I mean, just it's set a soul a second it's, ago. I know. It's no <laughs> much. It's not any different than me being like, well, it's his soul because we all know <laughs> how spiritual Quentin Tarantino is oh, and the I'm subtext gonna, within get, all of his movies. I'm going to get to that. But um, one thing that I found was that in an interview, Tarantino claimed that he likes to leave 20% of his movies to everyone else so that they can kind of complete the thoughts and so that they have in some sense an ownership yeah. over his movies that's great storytelling mm. that's similar that to, is great that's similar to like uh lyricists like uh davy havoc from av5 uh av5 uh afi <laughs> afv america's <laughs> <From> funniest videos <laughs> a fire inside videos um, um he uh he doesn't ever disclose what any of his lyrics are about so that people can have their own ownership over the lyrics same yes. sort of idea Yes. Uh, so one of the things that I found in this this little bit of research that I was doing was that uh, we all remember the, the Band-Aid on the back of Marcellus Wallace. Right, right, right. Yes. So uh, the story behind that was that he actually just, Ving Rames just cut himself shaving his head <laughs> when he was getting ready to film and had to put a Band-Aid over it and Quentin loved it and decided that that was going to be the focal point of his character. Yeah. Um, it's just so, by chance. Yes, by chance. You just gotta have that fucking eye for that shit. That became a a big part of his character. But also, what was news to me in this whole, like, Marcellus Wallace's soul kind of thing Mm -hmm. was that when you make a deal with the devil, apparently in the Bible, it is known that that spot on the back of your head is where your soul is extracted. Okay, so I shit. Yeah, this is brand new information to me. I mean, I went to Catholic school, the whole nine fucking whatever. But like, this is new information to me. So I knew. I remember in that in in the theory about the soul thing being taken. That when I read it, whenever the fuck that was, that they pointed out that 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 was that was why they thought his soul was in the briefcase was because that's where they pulled it out. I didn't know that it actually is in like. Yeah, that's where it came from. Yeah, that's that's cool. That is, that is like that a makes known it better. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I guess uh, you know, God and I aren't close. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the devil, boy. Also, Nelly's greatest inspiration was that bandaid. That's true. I'm, yeah, and that's, yeah, not, yeah. that's not necessarily where the, the soul is removed, but it's more or less the talent is removed <laughs> through the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he, wear, didn't he wear one under his eye? Yeah, too? that's where you remove the talent. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh okay. That's the part of talent <laughs> in the yeah. cheekbone. Over Got here's it. soul. Yeah, right over here's talent. Yeah. Over know. here is sense of smell. Yeah. So they just missed that one. Nelly unfortunately removed all his talent. Yeah. Oh no, buddy. That sucks. But hey, at least he can still smell shit. Yeah. And has a soul. It's little little victories. Fucking a. Um, <laughs> So I've got a couple other fun, weird little facts, but some other things that I just wanted to talk about in this particular thing was uh, the the connectivity of the Tarantino universe has always been a thing that I've sort of known about. And he's, you know, created like uh, products and 
that sort of yeah, thing they kind of like red apple yeah the red apple cigarettes and a handful of other things and so like it's he's established a world and it, it's gone into a, a bigger history about how each movie is connected like toy that, story or the yeah. pixar movies <laughs> sure <laughs> uh that all of them in some way in some fashion have like either relatives or something that continue on through all of them but uh one thing that i found well actually a couple things that i found um that I thought were really interesting was uh, Mr. Pink appears in Pulp Fiction. So like the, the Shemmy? Yes. So the uh, the sort of connectivity between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are kind of there just because Vincent Vega also shares the same last name as uh, Michael Madsen's character in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Vince so it is sort Vega, of known right? that they're brothers. Yeah, his last name is Vega. Um, also, and, guys in black uh, suits murdering yes. people. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so this I had never, ever thought about, but they were saying in this IFC article that I found that Mr. Pink appears in Pulp Fiction. So you guys remember in Reservoir Dogs, Steve Buscemi, Mr. Pink's big monologue about how he doesn't tip, how he doesn't believe in right, tipping. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his big stick is like, he doesn't believe that people who work, you know, uh, minimum wage jobs deserve to be tipped or yeah, waitresses deserve. Yeah, didn't fill up my coffee enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the kind of like wink at that is that in the timeline, it's about two, three years in between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, which is about enough time for Mr. Pink to have gone to jail for robbing a bank and to have been released. And then to the only job that he could have gotten would have been a waiter at Jackrabbit Slim's in Pulp Fiction. Oh! Yeah. He's yes. um, not Jimmy Stu. Who, who does he play? Buddy um, Holly. Buddy Holly. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. This oh, blew fuck. my fucking mind where I'm like, oh my God, this is like the most poetic justice for a particular character to receive from a, yep. a past life. That is so satisfying. Yeah, I hope that's real. Like, I hope that was, <clears throat> I hope it's a thing. Well, in, in the research that I've been doing, it is nothing that Tarantino does is not intentional. Yeah. So it's nice. been pretty interesting to, to walk through uh, some of these things and like, he also puts a lot of himself in his movies. So mm -hmm. the the bad motherfucker wallet that uh, Jules has throughout the movie was actually Quentin Tarantino's personal oh, yeah, wallet. Yeah, yeah. wow. I, I read he about got it too. because it was a an homage to Shaft. Right. <laughs> and okay. he loves his uh, his B movies. Yes, he does to a fault in some <laughs> regards, but. Uh, uh, Vincent's car was also Quentin Tarantino's car. Oh shit! Which apparently was actually stolen during production, and oh. was recovered years later <laughs> by <laughs> LAPD because two teenagers were stripping it, and they pulled them over and ran the VIN number. It was See, actually Tarantino's, and this is where it actually overlaps with Big Lebowski. Right. Yes. Oh, now we're now we're getting into <laughs> Cohen Brothers <laughs> universe. The Cohen universe. Don't get me started on those. I won't. Uh, but one of the funniest things that I I really found while researching this was that like everything bad happens to Vincent Vega when he goes to the bathroom. 
Yep. That is the biggest connective thing throughout the entire movie. So first, uh, well, the first and the last scene, the diner is held up while he decides that he has to take a massive shit. <laughs> I don't think he had to decide that. I think someone else made that decision for him. Yeah. AKA so his he, body. He told Jules, he's like, I got to go take a shit. I'll be right back in the middle of Jules's speech about how he's going to walk the earth and become a, a migrant because he can't deal with this shit anymore. So that's the first bad thing. Uh, and then when he has to, when Vincent has to take Mia out for uh, a night on the town. Oh, he goes to the bathroom. He goes to the bathroom and he's talking himself out. He's like, you're going to have one drink and you're going to go home. That's the whole thing. And then he comes out and she's OD'd on his heroin that she thought was cocaine in his yep. pocket. Yep. And then the last thing was he was staking out Butch's house. <laughs> And he decided to take a shit and spend too long reading a magazine. And he comes out, and Bush is standing there with Marcellus's gun. And he murder. And he got murdered. That's because it. Marcellus was out getting donuts. <laughs> As you do. What do you think the metaphor is there? <laughs> it's uh, it's time spent and time lost, and you're never getting that time back. In the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe quit reading. Well, yeah. you shouldn't. Hey, hurry up. Hey, hurry up in there, bud. That's hey, the moral. Fucking pinch that shit off. Yeah, seriously. There's other people waiting. Uh, and then the last little fact that I'll leave you with is that all of the clocks in the pawn shop are, are turned to 420. Oh, oh sick. Hell yeah. I that's do the, love that. That's the weed number, guys. <laughs> the weed number. And that's Ow. it. That's, Fuck that's it. I for you. really hard. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> thank you john for... i want to keep doing at least like some of these dives into this some of this tarantino shit because it is fascinating to me the amount of like meticulous detail that are put into these things yeah even up to his most recent work in the credits which i won't say but if you've got a keen eye and you've seen once upon a time in hollywood another little easter egg will pop out at you anyway kyle uh do you have a bit or a segment you want to do? I do. <laughs> I have a bit. Fucking jokes. Uh, I want to. I want to talk about squeezy jibs a little bit more. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, we couldn't really come up with a name for this last time. Uh, it's like squeezy says or squeezy's nuggets of wisdom because we got a four piece last time in honor of the squeezy's epic ride. Yes. Um, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so um, yeah, this is uh, this is squeezy's segment what it do it's your boy squeezy jibs um so what i wanted to do is kind of talk about um so for really quick preface squeezy is a um an internet personality he's an internet personality uh is he real is he fake i don't know i also don't care because i do think he is representative of uh a lot of some people say it A large portion of the population and uh, live in small towns or the Midwest or Florida. And mm-hmm. for, for some, I mean, he's he's got heart. Uh, and uh, as I said last week, I was going to cover his presidential campaign uh, for Squeezy 2020. So uh, he he really um, he doesn't say much, uh, but he does. Um, he, he did put out a video, which I can't share with you guys, unfortunately, but we can. Um, uh, we can just talk about what he says in it, which is that he's running for president, um, and he's selling so, uh, T-shirts. Where, where, where is he located? I think is my first question. Oh, he's so, in uh, Portland. 
area. Portland. Yeah. Mm, okay. So he's in Oregon. Uh, he's going to be coming from Oregon. Uh, he, uh, yeah, so he, he puts in a video out being like, hey, I'm making t-shirts. Uh, these t-shirts will fund um, the campaign and It'll also weed. get you pregnant. Yeah, he, he says uh, <laughs> it will also uh, help you, uh, help him buy some weed. Uh, so the, what they are, they kind of look like uh, the Supreme logo a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, because of course, of course they, they, do. they do. And they just say Squeezy, <laughs> but my man Squeezy is not going to let a good hustle go by. And uh, he's got another little uh, st- uh, stipulation here. Uh, you can, um, <laughs> you can buy uh, the Squeezy shirt, uh, but you can also buy a shirt with an autograph and a video of him wearing it for twice the price. Wait, how what? is uh, yeah i'm confused on the video aspect you just need to have the video of him like hey look it's me wearing this shirt that i'm now packaging and sending it to you 50 20 25 dollars more got it yeah but how do you watch the video does he send a usb thumb drive with every shipment you know or what does I he send you a link i did not ask that's that's the that's the thing do you get a a, a code to type in does he have a website <laughs> Is there a Squeezy 2020 website uh, where you a, can like get all your like extra goodies? Yeah, it's a big <laughs> cartel actually. Um, the only actual I was looking through his platform trying to find like what he was like what you know policies he'll be running on and yeah the what, real hard hitting stuff. <laughs> uh, what I found was the only, the only thing I could find where any stance he took was um, uh, uh, first thing I'm gonna do is make weed legal across the country, not just for some states. So that's his. His thing. Awesome. Legal weed. That. Squeezy 2020. <clears throat> that's it. So that's his one. <laughs> that's it. So far. So far. That's and it. He might come out with more. Yeah. Um, so that was the first little nugget of wisdom. Uh, I want to make birth control free for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The plan B pill will be free. It'll like, be in a in a bag of Skittles it hidden. Will, no longer be just plan like B. A, it will be plan A. yeah the first option (laughs) well it will be i'm gonna override state rights uh so (laughs) the the um the the the, that was the first nugget the second nugget i'm gonna give you guys is uh he just says in all caps once again um homie if i'm gonna be trash wow sorry sometimes homie if i'm gonna be trash then fine but you better believe i'm gonna be a trash can and not a trash can't I love it. I love the positivity. He's a yes, very positive, can, upbeat can, guy. A can-do attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. It really is a can-do attitude, man. Um, <laughs> I am a trash can. Yeah. Then this <laughs> next one, this next nugget, the third nugget of wisdom here will be, uh, uh, so it turns out I actually had no idea what Pagan really was. Uh, and he's got a bunch of question marks, and then his status is feeling sore. Wait. Uh, <laughs> Pagan, pagan, pagan. Oh, pegging! I heard pagan. I was like, did he accidentally show up at like a pagan cult one night on accident? Like, no, I no, pegging. I, I don't know. I think he maybe thought he was doing some arts and crafts, but he got pegged instead. Yeah, right. now he's right, feeling right. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it fully now. Some twigs and stuff. <laughs> this last one's actually really great because it, uh, it, uh, it provides insight into his childhood, his growth. You know where he's coming from. Oh God! Uh, so I'm I'm just I'm glad that he imparted this knowledge to us because mm. I feel like I know him a little better now, uh, and you will too. I hope. I hope this really well, warmed me. I'm nervous. My pop was so cheap that instead of buying salt, he would tell me to do forty jumping jacks, then drag my noodles down my arm sweat. Uh, 
that was like all I knew Boy. for a while. So yeah, my first few dates when I took girls out for dinner didn't go too well. Thumbs down emoji. Oh, yikes. I mean, there's so many things wrong with that. Are there though? I mean, that's free. That's free salt. Something about on noodles? hard noodles. Well, no. I mean, I have to imagine they were boiled noodles. Oh, okay. I, I that the logistics of them being actually cooked noodles seems way harder to do than just a handful of hard spaghetti. Just sort of. Yeah. That seems easier. You know what I mean? I just I like the idea of Squeezy taking a girl out on a nice date, uh, <laughs> and um. Just start doing P90X in front yeah, of her like, real oh, quick. I'll, don't worry, I'll salt yours. I'll salt yours. <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, he does a quick P90X and then sweats all over her food to salt it. <laughs> just, bud. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Squeezy. So those We're are the nuggets of wisdom P90X. for today. Those are the nuggets. I, I mean, liked those. I'm torn. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to be torn. Who, um, who in who in fact is still doing P90X though? I don't know. It's just a fun thing to say. Uh, I know a guy who does P90X. You do. So do you, so do you, John? I do. Yep. <laughs> Was that a question? That sounded like a I, question. I sounded do. accusatory. <laughs> you do. His name, his initials are LL, and I'll leave Bean. LL. LL. Uh, and he slapped a bass man. Lyle and, uh, Luck. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Luck plays guitar, but Lyle Luck lays down those sweet, sweet bass lines. <laughs> um, oh, well, dear. Do you have another animal fact? I do. Because um, I would like another one of those. I definitely got another one of those for you. Uh, this one, this one's... Um, it's, I don't know how to really. It's just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, a sea lion is the first non-human mammal with a proven ability to keep a beat. Oh, okay, great. Wait, what? Yeah, dude. Uh, sea lions are the drummers of the ocean. I mean, that's not. <laughs> it's not news to me, but I guess. Wait, what? <laughs> you knew that sea lions could fucking hold it down. Four on the floor. I mean, if four you had on the floor, four on the ocean floor. If you had to pick an, a sea a sea creature to be the rhythm section, who would you pick? Fuck. It would mm. be the sea lions. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really weird. Or otters cuz they're always No, they're or not gorillas. Doing shit. Wait. Gorillas don't hang out in the ocean. In the fucking ocean. Oh wait, we're talking specifically You're talking saltwater gorillas? Saltwater yeah, gorillas. Saltwater gorillas? <laughs> <laughs> And they're definitely different than the freshwater gorillas. Fuck yeah, way more aggressive. Yep, <laughs> way saltier. <laughs> hey, get squeezy to uh, get his noodles salted up with those bad boys. There's one right. flavors, and you had to be salty. Animal fact. Um. Well, thank you for that. You guys. Do you guys hear this? Oh, yep. Is that what I think? Yeah, it is. Hmm. Am I watching? Tasty. Am I watching Ocean's Eleven? Uh, maybe. I 
that didn't I mean, realize that song is in there. It's kind of always in the background for me, but yes, it is in there. <laughs> okay, great. Yes, uh, it's uh, Ocean's Eleven. I've turned Ocean's Eleven on, and we're going to watch it together for the next mm. two hours. Oh, That's the rest yeah. of the show, everyone. That's kind of it for me, honestly. I'm I'm in. <laughs> Let's do I kinda, it. <laughs> actually, I kind of want to go watch it after this. Okay, it's a real quick side. <laughs> I love those movies. So I don't They're care. Really how good. I don't care how terribly like made they are and how shitty the storylines are i love them they they're really fun. went downhill they're fun. one after the other but they're still fun. yeah yeah the al pacino one is terrible it's terrible yeah it's so bad uh, but so fun okay God, piano's really getting loud i know it's really lasting <laughs> a lot longer than it should so this is this is a segment called no one asked for this where i have found in the past marketing uh campaigns that, that got that went terribly wrong or products that nobody needed um or other things like that just bad ill-advised things that people thought were a good idea right this week is a little different it is a show that was made i think in 2007 <clears throat> oh shit yes okay and i had read about this years ago from a cracked article and I was recently, again, on YouTube, and John Tron actually did a video on, on what I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to expand. Man, I just want to put that out I there. I wish that was my nickname. John I wish that was my nickname. Yeah. I, I just, I want to put that out at the top of this segment because I know I, I'm aware of the video that it exists. And so I was inspired to do this on behalf of John Tron. Uh, so if you have a problem, you can eat it. So... <laughs> The show, the show was called Kid Nation. Now, do either of you have any idea what the premise of that could potentially be? Just Man. off the name alone. Yeah. It sounds I, like anywhere from like a homeroom news show to, uh, I don't know. Anything. Lord of the Flies, but bigger, man. Okay. Well, Kyle. Damn it. <laughs> you really, <laughs> you're good at this. No adults. <laughs> <laughs> so the show was created by a guy named Tom Foreman, who was uh, Foreman, sorry, who was a self-professed history buff and a fan of social experiments, quote unquote, and co-creator of Home Makeover, who said he initially saw the show as a straight documentary series that would feature 40 children ages 8 to 15. Ugh. Whoa. It was filmed it was filmed on on location at the Bonanza Creek Movie Ranch, a privately owned town built on the ruins of Bonanza City, New Mexico. Working title was Pedovision. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily it, it does it gets weird and creepy but not in that direction. Cool. Which cool, got cool, it had cool, cool, cool. it had so much potential to go that way. <laughs> hey, I'm gl- I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay, so, I wouldn't be talking about it if it did. Um <laughs> The show stressed uh, the difficulty in creating a viable society and had the children learn to churn butter and butcher chicken. So basically, they took 40 kids, drove them into the desert, and were like, build a functioning society. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Survivor's a hit. Why not kid survivor? Exactly, exactly. I can't believe survivor Kyle hit- called out Lord of the Flies, like unbeknownst to whatever this was <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah well that that book gets thrown around a lot in the reviews so uh oh, really damn yeah so while each child received five thousand dollars for their involvement gold stars valued at 20 and fifty thousand dollars were awarded to select outstanding participants as decided by the town council which was a unit of four kids uh chosen by the producers to make important decisions so they were like the leaders the top boys yeah and girls Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
So, speaking before an audience of television reviewers, producer Tom Foreman acknowledged that Kid Nation, when inevitable... This is the executive producer saying this. Tom Foreman acknowledged that Kid Nation would inevitably share some elements with William Golding's novel Lord of the Flies. Oh my god. Wow. He's like the co-creator being like, yeah, there's probably going to be like pigs' heads on spikes and a kid will probably get murdered. Yeah, they're going to crush him with a rock and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Poor piggy. Um, so adults were present off camera, including cameramen, producers, there was a medic and also a child psychologist. Just although, one medic? <laughs> just one for 40 <laughs> kids. So, um, the, there was another, a follow-up interview that John Tron did with one of the kids who actually was the first kid to leave the show. And he said that they had a ring around the entire set of the this perimeter? town. The they perimeter? The perimeter of- a fucking perimeter set up? No, no, no. Of people. <laughs> Of, like, uh, security guards. Okay, and I okay. so I think they had, like, a, there were a lot of precautions taken, but not that many. Um, <laughs> not enough. So the child psychologist, although all interacted with the children as little as possible. Um, participants also missed a month of school, but Foreman suggested that such real-world tasks as preparing a group breakfast, doing physical chores like fetching water and making group decisions constituted an educational experience. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like... Elementary school. arithmetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who needs the? Nobody needs theory? to know how to fetch water. Yeah, that young. this is the 21st just, century. It We're exists. Not, yeah. yeah, you hit, you slap that. You can tap. go camping for that later. We're not a bunch of sheep herders anymore. Yeah, we can reminisce of some t- simpler times when we go camping. Um. Okay. So let's see. Participants must school. Okay. Foreman said that all participants were cleared by a team of psychologists and any c- child could choose to go home at any at any time, which some did. Like, fucking day one, a, an eight-year-old left. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, this they, filmed him, they filmed him crying behind a barn on, like, day two. <laughs> Look, I would be crying behind a that barn on day me. two, yeah, honestly. So, uh, the pre-premiere, ahead of its premiere, the show proved to be the most controversial of the upcoming fall 2007 season. A five-minute sizzle reel prompted calls for CBS to pull Kid Nation from its fall schedule and for viewers to boycott the show for blurring the lines between, quote, entertainment and exploitation. Whoa. Because, of course. Yeah. Uh, reviews were generally negative from the Boston Globe, quote, there is just something grotesque and creepy about seeing children being deployed on reality TV, a genre that we all know thrives on conflict, tears, humiliation, and exhibitionism. Yeah. Just the word this deployed is, like the, is... The virgining of reality TV and the fact that it's like, yeah, fuck it, let's just exploit these little kids and well, yeah, and the fact that they did crush they did a friend s- of theirs. The fact that they did this so early on in reality TV's like inception is cr- like they thought they had hit the bottom of the barrel already. And we're like, we got to get babies. <laughs> yeah, it was like we got simple life, and then we've got babies. Yeah, there's no everyone's over survivor. We need to up the stakes. So in previewing the series, uh, CBS avoided television critics, which is unheard of. Instead of holding screenings at schools uh, in at least seven large cities, Variety columnist Brian Lowry wrote that, quote, Kid Nation is only the latest program to use kids as fodder for fun and profit, which doesn't make the trend any less disturbing. Uh, William Coleman, who was a professor of pediatrics, argued that the younger children aged uh, 8 to 12 might not be able to deal with the stress, which led to a different kid crying on air nearly every week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would have Um, been that kid every week. Oh, for sure. Yeah, just the same kid. (laughs) Hey, uh, little Jessica is having a hard time. Again. (laughs) 
Yeah. The, Let's check the, back in with Jessica. <laughs> Smash she cut to tears. Her mommy. <laughs> so the parents had to sign a 22-page liability waiver, a document that ended up getting as much press as yes, Kyle, the jaw drop is correct. <laughs> As much press pages. as uh, as <laughs> as much press as the show itself, because of the legalese that signed away their rights to sue the production company or network if their children were exposed to quote unmarked or uncontrollable hazards. Look, that's a solid legal document. Let's <laughs> talk about this real quick. Because yeah. look, you sign your kid up for basically Lord of the Flies live and <laughs> on ice, <laughs> on ice, and you <laughs> just skimmed that fucking legal document to just be like, my kid's gonna be the next fucking. Uh, Dookie Hauser, yeah, and I'm gonna just I'm gonna skip over whatever this legal uh, psychological trauma is gonna be, and so, just uh, skip to my riches. Apparently, um, the kid that John Tron interviewed, he was like John Tron, man. He John said Tron. he was like I didn't really know. He thought the kid thought it was gonna be an actual acting job, not a reality show. So I wow. don't know how well everything yeah, is communicated. The, fucking, the part of his brain hasn't formed there to realize what the fuck is going on. Well, but, I don't think his parents really knew either. Dude, is, that, that eight-year-old's agent really fucked him over. He was like, <laughs> how do you, can you imagine that eight-year-old fucking busting into his agent's that office? That like, agent is his mom. Is yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They didn't tell me what it is, uh, but, you know, it'll be fun. That's a <laughs> bad sign, not knowing what the fuck hey, you're there's signing money. up for. There's money yeah. involved. Okay, so um, so the quote is, unmarked and uncontrollable hazards and conditions that may cause the minor serious bodily injury, illness, or death, as well as the possibilities of encountering wild animals or extreme weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's the place, desert. The way? Huh? Where did this take place? Uh, New Mexico. So New Mexico. it was like a couple miles away from Santa Fe. Hey, is your Got kid it. durable? Is he durable? Can your How's kid he doing hot weather and also freezing weather? Because well, it's the desert. Will a snake bite like pierce his flesh or has he got that tough flesh? I don't know. <laughs> What's going on? Has he been is he powder coated? What's is up? He, yeah. Is he actually thick skin? Have you chromed your child? <laughs> have, you, have you given them the Achilles dip in chrome? <laughs> so, so I have a couple of things that happened during the show, which is what I really wanted to get into. Uh, and this kid's last name, one of the participants, is... Please don't laugh. Michael thought. Like T O T. Yeah, it's exactly spelled like that. That hoe over there. Okay. Well, he's he's fine. <laughs> so don't Michael thought. <laughs> I'm gonna refer to him as Michael from now on. My boy NT. Michael said, uh, there's a quote, the point of the series was that we were supposed to be alone to the maximum extent that a bunch of adults could leave a group of children alone in the desert without becoming felons. <laughs> so I Michael- the stakes are so fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Michael is actually the guy that wrote the Cracked article that I remembered reading years ago. So I found it and I wow. pulled a couple quotes from it. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, they participated in challenges that often saw them facing a choice of reward, usually pitting a practical option against a luxury. In the first episode, it was a choice between a TV or seven additional outhouses where previously they only had one Whoa. For, f- for 40 kids. So this is the the, uh, the test of Firefest. Yeah, yeah, this is like the beginning. <laughs> the like, yeah. Run. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so a lot of the times it was like, do you want this thing that will not help you survive? Or do you want to not shit on other people's shit in one toilet? Yep. Uh, Foreman, uh, 
who was the executive producer, remembers, quote, when they were kind, they were just so genuinely kind and good to each other, and that was a be- that was beautiful to watch. However, he goes on to say, when they were mean, they were meaner than any adults could ever be. <laughs> Fuck. Unfiltered. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, conflicts were created. So, obviously. Uh, quote, periodically, they would find that we were getting along too well, so they'd have to induce something for us to fight over. One episode's premise was that we had too much trash. So the night before, they carted in garbage and threw it everywhere, because that's what we got for not being filthy enough on our own. What? <laughs> yeah. The so they just fuck. <laughs> they just fucked with these kids. Wow. Um, at the end of at the end of each week, the town council would be charged with awarding one solid gold star worth twenty thousand dollars. Eventually, teams were organized. Yeah, <laughs> like they have any concept of what twenty thousand dollars is worth? How many at that Pokemon age. cards can I buy with that? <laughs> <laughs> All of them? I don't know. Hell yeah! I don't do math. <laughs> Um, eventually teams were organized with each member of the town council in charge of their own district, uh, which were divided by color, blue, red, green, and yellow. Um, this is like hu- bordering hunger games. W- yeah. Well, hunger gang wars. Uh, I volunteer they, as gang tribute in, in the, in the videos from like the highlights and stuff that I've seen, they gave them all colored bandanas and they are very gang uh mm. looking like oh, there's man yeah they've got bloods and crips and then i guess yellow the would be bile and the green would be the, the swamps the, four, the 420s the, the gronks oh, the, the gronks. gronks yeah of course the gronks so a challenge or competition uh ensued each week and the districts were further divided into social classes just like feudalism hey <laughs> like, what they had so, peasants and shit yeah so first place was the upper class followed by the merchants then the cooks and finally the laborers the upper class was paid the most they had money too uh that they could use to like buy stuff in store there was like a general store and stuff um so uh upper class was paid the most and had to do no work while the laborers were paid the least and put in charge of tasks like cleaning the bathrooms the quote-unquote money they earned in bonanza city could then be spent on goods and products in the town store uh, Laurel McGough, one of the participants who was 12 at the time, said, quote, I would say uh, I would say within the whole set, there were 200 plus adults there at all times for every five kids. They had one camp counselor that the kids to report to. Um, not that everything went smoothly. In one infamous unaired incident, uh, four of the kids accidentally drank bleach over the course of a month. Wow. <laughs> fucking uh, accidentally. Wait, yeah. weren't there fucking like yard duty? around like so so one of the kids on jay uh said uh quote they used to have this saloon in there and there was a flavor that you could use to make sodas and lemon flavoring looks a lot like chlorine bleach when it's out of the bottle and so from what i understand he grabbed the wrong glass (laughs) which means he poured it out in the first place but then the interview i watched the other kid said that they were using it to clean and they had they didn't rinse it out very much and like an ambulance came and everything (laughs) Um, Michael, the guy who wrote the article for Cracked, said, My absolute favorite moment on the show in terms of absurdity came when we went on this elaborate hike and crested a hill to see three wigwams with a group of hilariously stereotypical Native Americans dancing around it. The producers said things like, You should go join this in this dance. And we were like, No fucking way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank God. Um, Anjay also said he got dehydrated from a hike um, and was throwing up in (laughs) the EMS. 
Um, but he then said that the emergency was manipulated for air and that if you watch the show, the way it's cut together, it makes him look like he's lazy when actually he was like recuperating. Wait, so uh, hold on. I can watch his episodes? You can find clips. Apparently it's really hard to even buy this show or find it anywhere for so, purchase so they fucking, for obvious reasons. They buried it. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. let's say he it sounds like that, holes live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said it that, does. Yeah, he says they weren't hurt in any way, but it was definitely more exploitative than he thought it was going to be. Some parents on hand for the final day of filming accused the producers of feeding children lines, recasting dialogue and repeating scenes. Yeah, they wanted um, to build that drama in. Yeah. Greg and, and, and children aren't nearly as vapid or fucking No. That was the thing I got out of this too, is that like a lot of the times when the producers were like, Hey, you should go do this thing, the kids were like, Why? No, Why that's the fuck mean. would I do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they don't have like there's no there's no like selfishness or, or I mean there may be a little selfishness, but not like self centeredness and like They're not uh, smart enough to manipulate people like that either. Like, yeah, they don't know not. about Instagram followers yet. Yeah, they're not <laughs> there yet. They don't know about social media presence. Yeah. So this is actually one of those things. Greg and Blaine, uh, fourteen and uh, fifteen and fourteen respectively, got a hold of blue spray paint and tagged the town, leaving the word "blue" everywhere, out of loyalty to their district. The spray God. paint was handed to Greg and Blaine by the producers, who gave them the idea in the first place. Classic Greg and Blaine and the producers. Um, Greg and Blaine. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So obviously, various archetypes were established early on that people just like were clearly cast with those types of archetypes in mind. Like Anjay uh, said- <laughs> I love Anjay. Uh, he's, just... he, he's a really good dude. I like him a lot too. Uh, he was the then youngest person to ever compete in the National Spelling Bee, which is why they cast him. I don't, I don't know what skills he was going to bring to the table, but he said, um, uh, quote, I'm sure there was an element of, oh my God, we found a brown nerd. We can put him on TV and typecast him so hard. I had a bowl cut and transition lenses. I didn't really have a chance at not being typecast. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's see. The, let's see. Uh, Anjay and another one of the participants are still friends um, after like 13 years. So there's a good, there's a good little tidbit. <laughs> They're not all awful people now this traumatic event um there were also hookups and fist fights among the teenagers <laughs> so oh no there was diddling course. in the desert i i didn't i don't know that was from an article i don't i assume they just made out i can't imagine it was like okay jersey shore level hookups because right. it, it doesn't it's not brought up ever again the only situation here is this whole fucking show production in, in the first place <laughs> yeah so Tom Shales, uh, who was a Washington Post columnist, said after the show came out uh, that the show is, quote, not so much an exercise in socialization as the indoctrination of children into consumer culture. Shales pointed out that the kids' decisions, including buying root beer at a saloon with, quote, unquote, real money, but not hiring or being hired as their money was parceled out to them according to their predetermined stations in life. Again, see feudalism. Yeah. Jesus. Um, it also raised a bunch of questions about appropriate minimum age of participants in reality shows. This was before New Mexico tightened its regulations governing the number and span of hours a child could work. And so the producers declared the set was a summer camp and not a place of employment to avoid the potential problem there. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, what a loophole. 
Um, an 11 year old uh, Devad Miles was burned when grease splattered on her face while cooking a meal. Her mother filed a complaint in calling for an investigation into abusive acts to minors and possible violations of chi- child labor laws. The claim was investigated uh, by Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office, which found no criminal wrongdoing on the part of the production company. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Investigative efforts were uh, were dropped. State Attorney General's Office cited the lack of formal complaint. Um, let's see. CBS defended the production's conduct as both legal and ethical. This is such a classic thing that like a lot of these corporations do where they just like clearly they're they don't believe any of this statement Mm -hmm. Um, saying it's legal and ethical, including the response to minor injuries on set. The network characterized some early allegations as irresponsible, exaggerated or false. Like she got burned (laughs) on your set, dude. Like dude. So this is so uh, reflecting near the end of the season, Maria Elena Fernandez, uh, who wrote for something. I can't remember. I missed that part. Uh, wrote that neither the show's pre-premiere premises nor controversies quite congealed. The children were never as autonomous or self-reliant as the publicity indi- indicated, mm. and the threatened illegal investigations by the state of New Mexico never took off as the series concluded. Low ratings cast doubt on whether it would be removed, renewed, uh, to which it wasn't. So, so it you're, had- you're saying reality TV isn't real then? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, no, it's not real. In summation. Weird. It's, it's, it's not real, but it's really, really mm. bad when you've got eight, like 48 to 15 year olds. <laughs> I love that the defense is, no, 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 no. We weren't actually letting them just be autonomous. We had everything under control. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the whole premise of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a lie. Uh, so, wow. uh, let me just cite my sources real quick. Dina L. Gennady of AV Club, Danielle Turciano of Variety, and Michael Thought for Cracked. Damn. So, yeah, the, the I just, it's... That's like, insane. Why, like, what the fuck? I'm absolutely going to be looking up some videos of that, for sure. The host, I can't remember his name. I think it's Jay something. He was fucking creepy and condescending, and, like, he scared all the children as well. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. no! Don't throw chi- ki- chi- chids. Don't throw children into the New Mexico desert and think that like you're gonna get some sort of steamy, yeah, like reality show. Out. They're they're not children. I think that like the reason he stated earlier that like it's gonna be just like Lord of the Flies is what he wanted to happen. Yeah, and instead it was just like we just kind of want to like figure out how to drink, yeah, like, clean our dishes and and have a place to shit, man. <laughs> Which is, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what everybody wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all people want. So, um, that was Kid Nation. Thanks for Kid Nation. Nice. Or, I mean, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, no. No. I mean, no. shame on them, but yeah. For our purposes, thank you, but don't stop. Don't do this again. Don't stop. <laughs> Stopping. Yeah. Never stop. Stop. Um, so I think uh, I think we're going to end it there. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, if you could go to whatsyourcondition.com and follow all our social links. So, uh, we have a, a YouTube channel that uh, we have all the video clips and highlights and stuff there. So go like and subscribe specifically for YouTube. Thank you. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Uh, not anywhere else. Don't go to Yelp and review the show. Actually, that might be kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, you can actually. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but on, yeah, fuck it. on iTunes, that'd be fucking great. Uh, 
quick little review. Let people know what you think of the show, dude. A uh, little five star, blip, one little click. It's kind of fun. You see the stars fill up and you feel satisfied that you're helping out some- You get a little dopamine rush. Yeah, you can keep slapping that. You keep making new email addresses and iTunes accounts and just keep slapping that five star. I know I do. Pat our yeah. numbers. Black cat uh, reviews, man. Yeah, uh, it really uh, it really goes a long way. Anything that happens on iTunes really helps us out a lot. Yeah, and if you find anything you want us to talk about, just send us an email. Uh, what's your condition at gmail.com, and we will discuss it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, I, as always, have been Harlan Spinks. I'm still Kyle Luck. And I guess that makes me John. Don't hire a snake to kill your dad. Mm-hmm. It never works. Although it might happen if you're in, in the New Mexico desert. Yes, definitely. That's true. <laughs> <laughs>